1: Hi,
0: I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. All righty, righty, Madigan. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Keegan. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good. You know, yesterday, so we are recording on Sunday. And yesterday, of course, uh, everyone will know that Joe Biden was announced as the president-elect... Of the United States. What, what? Very exciting. Um, And we had had a whole different episode planned uh, for today. But it really just kind of feels like this is where everybody is at mentally right now, including us, to just kind of talk about our reactions to the election. And, you know. The results. It's,
2: it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, everything that I was seeing, I just wanted to talk to you about and get your opinions on and bounce something off of you. So I was like, yeah, we just need to have a conversation. We need to get some alcohol and you know pretend that we're in the closet together right now and just like have a bit of a celebration time, even though you know we're gonna talk about the things that obviously we still need to be persistent on with our new leaders and things like that. But I think. Right now, it's also very important to to bask in some of the good feelings that we have. There is this strange sense of like normalcy that's been regained. There's something about seeing a normal, uh, you know, speech from Joe Biden accepting, you know, the presidency and things yeah, like that. Yeah, what was it
0: that Van Jones said? He said like normal is the new thrilling, <laughs> boring yes. is the new thrilling. And I'm that's like, exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's just like we've. I think we've all been collectively holding our breath in some form or fashion for the last four years and just yeah. so shrouded in like embarrassment. <laughs> um, totally. Just not knowing what next was going to come out of Trump's mouth uh, on the like international stage. And yeah. so while I don't think necessarily that Joe Biden is this great speaker the way that maybe Obama was, it was just nice to hear somebody. Speak eloquently, articulately in full sentences,
2: right, and, and <laughs> without in a way slinging insults, you know, exactly, and in a way that was like unifying and not diversifying, and you know, it was really, really, it was nice to hear, and, and I didn't feel like you know I was watching, I think I was watching CNN, yeah, I watched CNN. Uh, During his whole speech and everything, and they they say they're like, no, he's not a great like speaker or anything like that. It's just that we are so used to hearing this bullshit. But they also said something else that I really loved and have been like kind of replaying in my head. They're like, we no longer have to listen to him. Really, like he's going to be everywhere and he's got this big base, so things are different. So I didn't completely agree. Trump, yeah, sorry. So I don't completely agree with what this guy on CNN said because Trump's base is so large and things like that. But at the same time, I'm like, this not going to be president for that much longer. Like,
0: but I don't have to listen to you anymore, right? You know, the power has been sucked out of it, right? Like, so Trump supporters—they're not going anywhere. Trump, I don't think, is really going anywhere as far as like he's going to try and hold on to his base yeah. and whatever kind of power and control he can. I know. I'm just wondering, like, what
2: kind of because he's he's not going to be doing rallies anymore, or anything like that. He might. But for he what for? What could he run for another for office? Himself, or?
0: No, for himself. Oh, just as because like celebratory he, rallies? That's all it ever was anyway. It was all just Trump cult, you know, and I've even seen on Twitter kind of just like scrolling through Twitter people who now, I guess, because Fox News, you know, they were one of the first to say he won Arizona, um, and that Biden won Arizona, rather. And, you know, they called the election as well for Biden. And so a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of Trumpers on Twitter are upset about that. We can't trust Fox News anymore. And so they're all like, can't wait for Trump TV, which I know was something that had been um, kind of something that people had been whispering about that. he might try and do. At the end of his presidency is continue his, quote, media empire and start his own news station. That makes sense. It's going to kind of be like a it sounds like a glorified YouTube channel,
2: you know, where it's just going to be him going off on his like conspiracy rants and things like that. I was talking to Max this morning and I compare Trump supporters very much to like brainwashing victims uh, in a lot of ways. And. Well, it's a cult for sure. It is it's
0: cult mentality. It really, really it is. It is
2: and I've been learning more and more and more about uh cults recently and kind of like deprogramming and what that means and all that kind of stuff. And so, of course, I've been like filling Max in on everything that I'm like reading and fascinated by. And this morning he's like, "So, we just need to be like maybe a little patient and let them just like reprogram a bit. Like maybe if they start see I was like, "Maybe if they start seeing like normalcy for a little bit it will at least pull in not like the trump supporters but at least like the ones that were worried about like you know biden being a socialist or you know yes. the ones that are more like they voted for trump because like they wanted a republican as president and wanted those policies in, oh, and oh i think Court. we're gonna
0: get those people very quickly i yeah. don't think that that's gonna take too long it's gonna well, be i think a lot core. of our family
2: members are
0: probably a lot like that where
2: now that that's over do you feel like your family is gonna
0: kind of start to move I on mean, from that? I think that they will. Um, I do think that there are members of my family who are Trumpers, like not just Republicans who are Trumpers, who are fans of his. Um, And I think that those people are going to be harder to get, back because you know it's not it's not about party it's not really about beliefs it's about this person which is what makes it so cult like you know right um so we'll see as far as like what happens there but what I feel though is that with this loss a lot of the power is sucked out right whereas like you have these people who felt very emboldened in their beliefs well they were being um, validated because it was the president it was the president Right. right so they're in control or they think they are of this country because the president is on their side and backing all of their beliefs. Um, Now that that aspect isn't there anymore, I think that there will be people who still cling, but I think that there will be people who at least become far less loud um, and kind of fade. Well,
2: yeah. And I hope that seeing a comparison between, you know, a president who is saying, you know, non-racially violent things and not derogatory things and baited things and then seeing Trump continuing to do that on like a lesser stage and on like a little channel or something I don't know I can see even some you know just uninformed Trump supporters kind of realizing like oh maybe I don't want to you know follow right, the this guy be anymore broken yes a bit, exactly I think. that's exactly what I, I do
0: what, perfectly put now I mean we'll see what happens as far as like <laughs> I honestly, I don't understand how these Trump supporters aren't embarrassed because oh, any time yeah. that I've got on, I've gotten on Twitter. I've refreshed Twitter many times um, in the last week and have been kind of following Trump's tweets, and it's embarrassing. Like you, you should be embarrassed that this is the way that this person is responding and reacting. Um, it's like. I wouldn't even want my little brothers to be tweeting yeah. publicly. Like, yeah. this. Like, it's so immature. Let's
2: talk a bit about how Trump is reacting because we, you know, I think we have a lot of listeners that obviously aren't from the US and things like that as well. We're filling them in a bit on what Trump has been doing. Uh, he obviously has chosen not to concede. That is
0: kind Which of a big thing. It might be the first right time now. in history. I think it yeah. may be the first time in history that that has happened, that we've had a victory speech before a concession speech that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Happen And typically, um, whoever loses the election will call
2: because yeah. it's, it's
0: civil, you know, it's just decency that you would call right. the other and congratulate it's not a, them on the win.
2: Yeah, it's not a law. It's not anything that's written. You know, that was all, you know, very much said very clearly on CNN. Like, look, although this is, you know, tradition, it isn't technically law. And the thing that was bothering me the most is, you know, on their little panel of CNN people. It was when Anderson Cooper was on and a few others, and there I can't remember the guy who was the, like, Republican Rick Santorum. Rick, Rick Santorum. fucking Santorum, he, yeah. Uh, he would say things sometimes that I, you know, I, I can't say I liked, because they were very, very moderate. I had to kind of, like, give it to him, you know, but... At the same time, he just enraged me with everything that he said. And he used the same uh, excuse that everybody has always used for Trump. And it's like, well, that's just that's just him.
0: That's just his way. That's the way that he does things. But just because someone behaves a way, that doesn't mean that it's the right way to behave or that it's okay. Like, would we tell a child like do we respond to children that way when they act out or they behave badly? Do we just say, oh, well, that's just how little Johnny is. It's like, no, well, that's probably how Trump was raised
2: and his administration is like his parents that just let him get away with everything. You know,
0: you know, what I thought was funny and I pointed out last night um, to Anthony, I was like, man, when you look at his Twitter, it really looks like he tweets like a bunch all at once and then hours and hours and hours go by and then he'll shoot off another couple tweets and then hours and hours and hours. And it makes me think like. Is he just getting his hand like getting his hands on his phone and then tweeting as much as possible and then someone realizes he's tweeting and they take his phone away and then he gets <laughs> it back?
2: You know oh, because- I have a very different image of what happens. I especially the last few days with how long this has gone and how it's been kind of like this endurance. Thing, like an endurance test a bit for everybody uh especially the candidates everybody on their campaigns and of course all of the news anchors that we grew to know and love so much but um he the image that i have in my head is that like he does a bunch of blow. And I'm not trying to start shit. I'm not trying to say anything, but in my head... I, it just I've heard it's Adderall, actually. That's Adderall. Been the, that's there you been go. That's been the thing
0: that's been going around. They said again, someone came out who was on The Apprentice and said that he does a shit ton of Adderall, that which would make I can buy. so much sense to me.
2: So, like I said, I'm not trying to start shit, but in my head, this is just what I imagine. It's He's like... In somewhere where he's got, like, not maybe a bed, but, like, somewhere where he could totally nap on, and then he, like, does a line of whatever he does, goes on, like, a Twitter rampage, and then just, like, passes the fuck out, gets up, does another line. Like, I just think it's, he does this such, like, highs and lows, you know what I mean? Which almost makes me think that you're in this, like, manic, neurotic state for some reason. Or maybe it's like the meds he's getting right now from COVID and everything. Like, what kind of steroids are they even
0: giving him? I mean, it could be. I don't know if he's still on steroids for COVID, but I mean, it it could be. I don't know. But it He is could have unhinged. the same doctor as JFK. You Could be. <laughs> um, but it, he's... I mean, it's unhinged and it's embarrassing and I don't understand how you can see that and be like, this is my candidate. This is the person I'm going to back. Even yeah. if you believe that there was fraud involved and you believe that Trump is justified in pointing that out the way that he is doing it is is so appalling like yeah. i feel like if that was someone i voted for i would be like look there's a better way to talk about this speak on this bring attention to this exactly than just fucking yelling and lying you well, know? right and even the way that he's uh
2: written everything out i i don't know if it was like a deposition or what it was but i saw something that he had written out talking about like the states that he wanted to sue and it was written in a way that was like i'm gonna sue all of them and i was like wait what it was I mean, like,
0: it, I'm going to sue all the states. From period. what I saw, it was like basically he wants to sue all the ones he lost in. <laughs> right. But I'm like, that's not, that isn't, that's not how any of this works, my guy. Like, what? I, right. I can see, what was
2: it? What, Georgia was still the one that was the closest, right? Where it was maybe like 2,000. I bo- believe so, difference yes. Or something like yeah. that. You know, that I can understand. If you wanted to go through the legal process of having a recount and all that kind of stuff, I completely understand. But his reasoning for recounts is so heavily based in this idea that mail-in ballots were not real ballots and aren't real votes. And that, like, there's been all of these crazy conspiracy theories of things that the Dems are doing to, like, create more votes
0: or what they're doing on the mail-in inside. Mail-in ballots have always existed, Absentee ballots have always existed in every election. They have existed. This isn't something that's new. And also something that I don't hear a lot of Republicans pointing out or talking about is that, you know, you want to question all of these mail-in ballots, but none of you guys are talking about Th- those same ballots have things down the ballot, right? They've got measures. They've got, you know, senators. You're voting for things that aren't just the presidency. Exactly. So what are we doing about all of that? We're throwing all of that out the window, too? We would have just been really, really
2: bad at our jobs. That's essentially what they're getting at is like, y'all tried to hack us. You thought you were
0: smart. But you did a really bad job, if obviously. If we were going to rig this election, we would have rigged it better. Like, there's no way we would have made it this close. Like, why would yeah. we have made it this close? Why would we have thrown away Senate seats? Why would we? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense.
2: Yeah, we would have
0: made Biden win big. There would have been something. You it would have it, been a landslide and we would have taken, we would have been flipping the Senate left and right. Like, it doesn't. I mean, trust me, that's what we wanted. That's what we absolutely wanted.
2: So and yes, we're upset about that. And I don't think that people, you know, obviously people are celebrating in the street. So they're not seeing that. But yes, we're very aware that that's going to be a struggle. But the Republicans, I think, don't realize that we see that, you know, Mitch McConnell is still there. Like, as, as long as Mitch McConnell is there and has any form of power, we're fucked.
0: Right. I mean, or it makes it at least more difficult, for sure. It does. So it, it it's ridiculous. And I do think that, you know. Most sane people see that this is an incredibly ridiculous claim. Um, Even Fox News is really kind of tiptoeing around a lot of this stuff that Trump is saying. Um, Of course, there are some people, Newt Gingrich, you know, um, Haley McEnany, whatever her name is, the press secretary, who are fully supporting and retweeting the things that Trump is posting. Um, But I think in general, a lot of people can see that this is just... It's just a sore loser. We're just watching someone completely blow up because their ego got bruised. Yes.
2: If I am going to quote the guy uh, after Biden's speech when he was talking about Trump being a sore loser, he compared him to a seven-year-old losing an ice skating competition. And (laughs) I took great offense. to. I know. I was like, fucking rude. I've been a seven-year-old that lost an ice skating competition. And when you're seven, that fucking hurts. But at the same time, he is a, what, 74-year-old man?
0: Right, but he has the like yeah. mental capacity That's exactly, of, of, like, what, a it exactly it really, what it is. Exactly what it is. It really it's is the it's, same thing. I mean and we knew we knew that this was what was gonna happen. I mean, we talked about it. He said as much that he yeah. was not going to agree to accept the results of the election, uh, and that he well, wasn't going to agree to a peaceful transition of power. And that exactly. is scary. He's never accepted
2: any sort of loss in his life. I mean, even with his real estate business, like he was a failure. Like he is not a good businessman. Like he has been a failure many, many times, yet he's been able to like perceive himself as some sort of winner always. And I wonder if this is like, this really, really big obvious first time where he was a major loser and he cannot cope with that.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think he can cope with it. I mean, he lied about the number of people at his inauguration. He tried to contest uh, the fact that he lost the popular vote in 2016. I mean, we, we have footage of Hillary Clinton at one of the debates basically saying like, everyone should be concerned about the fact that if things don't go his way, he says that it's rigged. He did it all through the 2016 election when he lost the Iowa caucus. Yep. Um and he even said, you know, Hillary Clinton pointed out that he even said whenever he didn't win an Emmy for The Apprentice, like three Emmys in a row, that he accused the Emmys of being rigged. Like he can't. Right. He can't handle that maybe you're just not good enough. Like maybe exactly. you're just not going to win at this thing. You know, he's Because he's incapable. always
2: Yeah, he's just always Created a way I feel like for himself to be on top in some way. So the fact that this is so obviously not his time to win, there's just no, there's no, and there's no way to fix it. There's no way.
0: And he's trying to create ways to still come out on top, but there's, there's no way to get around it. And I, I actually do think that it gets as much as he, you know, won't let on to it. I think it does get under his skin that people are celebrating his defeat, like actively across the world, uh, you know, across the country, dancing in the streets. You know, I think that it's very... I think it bothers him that he's not liked, you know, which is why he likes to host rallies that are basically, they're not, he never stopped hosting rallies, even whenever he yeah. wasn't campaigning. You know what I mean? It's and it It's just, just self-celebratory. He needed people to stroke his ego at all times, you know, and this being kind of on this grand stage, not only have you lost, but people are rejoicing that you have lost. Yes. Um, and I don't Let's think you can handle that. He
2: can't. Let's talk about when he returned from the golf course He oh. went back to the White House mm. yesterday. It was, it was
0: chef's kiss beautiful to oh, watch. Oh, so
2: perfect. Oh, I feel like I've got to take, I haven't had a sip of my drink in a while, so I feel like I've got to take a really big gulp if we're going to continue talking about this.
0: Okay, I'm I'm drinking a michelada. What are you having, Madigan? I don't know exactly what it is, but you know at Trader
2: Joe's you can go and get like the grapefruit bellini? Mm. I guess it's at a lot of different uh, delicious, yeah. But this is mango. Ooh, yum. Is it good? It's really good. It kind of tastes like champagne
0: and mango juice. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's delicious. I had my champagne day yesterday, so I was like, I don't want to keep drinking champagne. I drank so much champagne yesterday. So. Yeah, I,
2: I was telling Keegan before we recorded, I tried to. I had maybe half a glass of champagne and usually like champagne drunk for me is my best drunk like oh, you love will it. love me drunk on champagne i am a great time but i drink half a glass and i was just like i don't like this For like i feel too drunk already i just felt really weird so I was like i don't think i can do this so instead of the champagne from yesterday i'm drinking this and then maybe i'll i'm gonna have to drink it because i don't want it to go bad so a hundred percent
0: it's your duty I'll do that. to do so yes
2: Maybe I'll get some orange juice to at least like cut it a little yes, bit. I'm do such that. a baby. I don't drink anymore, really. So I'm such a baby when I do it. I'm still a pro. But anyway. <laughs> um- <laughs> oh, gosh. Wait, you turned 30 in March, right? Yes, ma'am. And you're still, uh, how are your hangovers like your days after?
0: Uh, it really depends. Like this morning, I was fine. And I drank okay. steadily yesterday and this morning I was okay. But I've definitely, I have to be careful about what I'm drinking and I do have to give myself water breaks. Yeah, you know, I can't just like slam, slam, slam. I'm like between, like every like two drinks or so, I'm like drink a glass of water. Yeah. And um, if I'm drinking wine all night, I will get a hangover the next day. A hundred percent. Yes.
2: Yeah. I just ask because Max turned 30 last year. He's going to be turning 31 in 10 days. So he really experienced a major shift between 29 and 30 in his hangovers and how much alcohol he can handle. Like today, he's just has such a bad headache and just like not felt good. And he had like
0: maybe like four or five IPAs or something last night. Let this be a cautionary tale to all our younger listeners. Yeah, exactly. You do just have to become like way more aware as you oh, get older. Like you I've, know. I've always been a lightweight.
2: I've always, always, always been a lightweight. Um, so I'm I'm a cheap date, which is great. Like if I go to a bar or something, like I can nurse one drink for a really long time and still get like a little tipsy and things like that. I used to be able to drink wine like nobody's business. Sorry, I know we're really getting off topic here, but. <laughs> important stuff though. Very important <laughs> stuff. And we don't, we never do this shit anymore. We never no. just talk to you guys. So no, I
0: know. And like, deal and with now it. is the time. Listen, I was telling Madigan before we started recording, like, I'm in a weird place today. Like, I'm still super happy, but like, I feel like I was so ratcheted up with anxiety for the last week. And then. You know, I was like anxious, 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 ultimate high yesterday where like my face hurt because like I couldn't stop smiling and I was just like literally jazzed and like electrified. And now I'm I'm kind of like slowly coming back down to earth and it's like a really weird space to be in? Yeah, I've had a
2: really, uh, just to be real, I've had a really, really strange weekend. As when I found out that Joe Biden was the president-elect, I was on the phone with my mom. My mom's not doing great right now. She hasn't had her test results back, but the woman she was staying with has COVID. Multiple other family members of mine have tested positive that she had interacted with last week, and she's not feeling very good. So I've been calling her excessively Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably to the point of annoyance but just to make sure she's taking her temperature and on top of everything you know being the only daughter and her being the only parent of mine kind of you know being very you know obsessive over making sure she's taking care of herself and all that kind of stuff so I was on the phone with her when we found out and we were really excited and so I you know yesterday was weird for me because I went through moments of being so stupid happy and like talking a lot and like wanting to dance and like you know drinking my champagne and being great and then I would just start sobbing like water would just start coming out of my eyes and I'd be crying and then I'd be happy and I just it was a lot and I'm kind of feeling that way today where like I'm fine and like I feel fine I'm not panicking like I, I feel my mom's gonna be okay and all that kind of stuff but at the same time I just keep crying and like Getting emotional. So it's definitely been a strange... It's been a lot of emotions for me all weekend of kind of rotating between being happy about the presidency and also feeling like I really just need to jump in the car and be there for my mom in any way. It can be, you know, it's just tough.
0: Yeah, and I just think also, like, this year has been so all over the place that I feel emotionally, we collectively... Are a mess. I think we are all a mess because it's like oh, yeah. up, down, left, right, not seeing family members, like all of that stuff, not being able to actively be with your friends the way you would like to, you know, uh-huh. all of those exactly. things compounded into one year and then having this really big, you know, potentially great thing happen. Um, it's a lot for us to take, I think, yeah. mentally and emotionally. Yeah. It's and it's difficult. And-
2: For me, it's, you know, I just, I'm kind of in a transitional phase with, you know, my job and, uh, you know, there's other things, you know, obviously there was things going on with my mom and, uh, you know, different stressors and things like that. So for me, it just feels like there's always some new thing that I have to like deal with that's going to stress me out. So it was really nice that there at least was that one thing that I get to hold on to where I'm like, okay, this is going to help make me feel better in the long run. This is something, at least for right now, that I can be happy about and find some peace in and forget about everything else a little bit because I know and I can just feel the happiness from everybody else. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Everybody's
0: so happy. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about um, kind of the celebrations that went on yesterday. Here where I live, and not to give too much away about my location, um, but I do live near Ventura Boulevard. And Ventura Boulevard was going crazy right after yeah. we found out. It was just, I could hear it from my apartment just like honking and yelling and people being just so excited. And then- Yeah, the traffic sucked. I wish I would have known because I took the very
2: wrong way to a place where, like, nobody knows LA geography, so I'm not going to explain the way that I went, but essentially I ended up on Ventura Boulevard for a very long time, and I was in, like, stop-and-go traffic, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I got to one intersection and saw, like, all these flags and signs and yep. people in the streets, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I'm less angry that I'm stuck yes, in Yes, like, and, and speaking
0: of I that as well, like, if you were in, again, talking about, like, Los Angeles, if you were in the WeHo area, the West Hollywood area, I mean, full... Full streets and and in Hollywood as well, like full streets were basically like, yeah, inaccessible because people had pretty much parked their cars. There were like block parties, you know. Most people Everywhere. were messed up, and a lot of times people were staying in their cars, just kind of hanging out of their windows. Um, yeah, but there was this just. Impromptu party, like block party, that went on,
2: and that almost kind of seemed like a second. It was like a second, smaller Pride Parade in WeHo a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, (laughs) went on everywhere. It happened in New York. It happened in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. It happened in D.C. It happened in London. It happened in Paris, France. I know
2: it's nuts. My friend actually lives in Wilmington. My my friend and his fiance, and so that was really. We got pictures of them with you know selfies with their Biden Harris masks on, being in Wilmington waiting for Biden to speak and things like that. And mm-hmm. that was really cool. And, you know, I have a lot of friends from Minnesota on Instagram. So I saw a lot of Minnesota celebrations and people being really happy and especially seeing uh, different minority groups, especially being really happy. I know a lot of my friends that are in the LGBTQ community coming out with their flags and their rainbow pride parades and everything like that. And then um, a lot of my black friends coming out with black lives matter and different things like that. So kind of everybody's like thing that meant the most to them, I feel like was really represented yesterday. And the other thing that I, I I don't want to forget to mention because I loved this so much were the children involved. Yeah. I loved just to start it off. I loved that video of Kamala with her. I believe it's like her great, niece which is crazy to me who's like sitting on her lap and the niece says something about wanting to be president and Kamala says you know you gotta wait till you're 35 and then the niece says I'm gonna be a president astronaut
0: I know oh my god and with seeing them on stage I that was something that was really that really hit me pretty hard I didn't really cry like when I heard the news I was just so excited and happy and I didn't oh cry god, I cried. and I still haven't cried like in a serious way. But whenever I was watching, you're a robot. <laughs> I know. <there's> something <laughs> wrong with me. But when I was watching um, Kamala give her speech yesterday and Biden give his speech, you know, of course, Kamala's speech did get me a little misty eye talking about, you know, oh, being yeah. a, a woman and a brown woman and a black woman having done this thing. Uh, But something that really, really hit me very hard was when both families came on stage. And for the first time, I'm seeing color on stage with the first and second families. You know, you have black people. You have these adorable little black girls in their white dresses Mm -hmm. on stage. And it was like, wow, wow, you know, I didn't realize how much my soul needed to see that, you know, how much you needed to see kids.
2: And yeah, that was a really great thing. I loved seeing both families up there so much, because it just, it just reminded me of that feeling that I think everybody is missing so much. Like, I'm really missing that family feeling of being together and seeing them all get together, but also really, really missing seeing a family in the white house and seeing kids in the white house and seeing smiles and hugs and like kisses. And, you know, seeing Joe interact with, you know, different members of his family on stage and Kamala interacting with different members of her family on stage is such a difference. And it's
0: so comforting and refreshing. Yes. I told Anthony, I was like, it is refreshing to see, a family that obviously really has genuine love for each other. Yeah. Because yes, the Trumps always show up. They always show yeah. up to be present for Donald Trump whenever whatever's happening is happening. But that love isn't there. Like it was right. nice to see Joe Biden like hug his granddaughters and like, yeah. you know, really have that genuine affection for his family. Exactly, And have it reciprocated by them that you can tell that they love their father or grandfather, <laughs> you know, yeah. y- that they're proud of him. It and was a same, very proud moment. Same for Kamala's family. It felt very real and genuine. These are real families. And, you know, I do want to say you know where we stand. You guys have been with us for years. You heard us all the way through the primaries. You know that Biden was not our first pick. You know the (laughs) the bones we have to pick with Kamala. Uh, You know that we know that they are not perfect people nor perfect candidates, and they will not be perfect president, vice president of this country. We know all of that. Um, We have issues, and we are going to need to hold their feet to the fire about some things. However... Yesterday, I just needed to be happy and I just needed to feel the relief. Um, Yeah, of course, there's more work to be done, but I think it's very important that we allow ourselves moments of joy where we can find them. Uh, yes. And to not beat ourselves up about simply just feeling relief or joy or happiness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Biden's
2: really big thing that he shared throughout the, you know, almost five full days of, you know, election coverage was all about unity and saying that you know he wasn't just going to be a president for those who voted for him he's going to be a president for all americans and for us to start seeing each other as fellow americans rather than seeing each other as being on one side or the other and i think that that is such an inspiring thing that we need to hear where at the same time i gotta say There's worry in my head because he is so moderate that, you know, he's he's talking about compromise. He's talking about all of this stuff where I think so many people, because especially because they see a Democratic president and because they see Kamala Harris as the vice president, they automatically may assume that that means that all of the things that they're going after, all of their causes are finally going to be heard and it's all going to be fixed, where that's just not the case because Joe Biden works Incredibly well with Republicans, and that's probably part of the reason why he was. I'm going to say it. I think he was the best candidate for now, for the, for this
0: election I this think year. For getting a uh, priority number one was getting Trump out of there, right? And yeah, so like, exactly that's where we needed to be. However. I think there are still things that we have to be uncompromising about. Like, exactly. I, I appreciate he's not the president we need in that respect. Right. As far as like who's gonna fix
2: everything, he's the president we needed in. Like, for, I think of him almost as like a, a, a transitional president because he's old as fuck. You guys, I really don't think he's gonna go another two terms. Four years. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't think so either. That would be bonkers, crazy pants to me if that happens. So to me, it's like, okay, we've got someone. And Keegan, you you quoted that really funny meme that me ram before you left. I think where it's like it's it's not a marriage. You know, we're just we're trying to get to a better place. We're not marrying this to person forever.
0: Was we needed to put the fire out? We needed uh-huh. to put the immediate fire out, which was Trump. Yeah. So uh, we needed to do what we needed to do to put that fire out. However. I, I do think that it's going to be important for all of us to first of all don't get complacent, don't get lazy, don't think that just because Trump isn't in office that you can just kick back, relax, and never think about politics again. That's not how this is going to work. We uh-huh. can't we can't do that. But also I do think that it is important for us all to hold Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to a higher standard and to never let them forget that they are in office because of Black Lives Matter. <laughs> That's they why. Are. They're in office because of these marginalized communities who were the most threatened yep. by the Trump administration who came together and said, not another four years, yeah. we're not doing this. And, I've and so say, they work for us and they need to do what we need them to do because they're there because of us, period.
2: 100%. And I do appreciate the fact that both... Kamala and Joe Biden said uh, a thank you to, you know, specific, you know, minority groups and things like that point, you know, calling them out by name and giving, you know, although, you know, obviously, there was more to the speech, but still giving the platform and the recognition where the recognition was due, like, especially, you know, Georgia was so tight without the black people of georgia he wouldn't have won you know right. what i mean I there's so many important. places that he won because of the black community and i'm yeah, glad it's that he at least acknowledged that
0: to recognize that in these states that we keep talking about and being like yes yes pennsylvania georgia michigan we can say pennsylvania georgia and michigan but what we mean is philadelphia atlanta and uh-huh. detroit Mm-hmm. Which are black ass cities? Yep. Um, and you know the fact of the matter is, uh, the majority or a large number of democratic um, or democratic voters registered to vote during the Black Lives Matter uprisings this summer um, in in July and August, June, July, August. Yeah. So it, they are directly. Like directly linked to this victory, um, and not just them. Of course, I'm not just speaking about you know Black Lives Matter or Black people, although you know I, I stand by that it's a large reason why. Of course, but all of these marginalized groups, right? The the trans community, the LGBTQ community in general, and it's because marginalized people are the ones who are most at risk, and right. so they're they're the most sick motivated. Of, and we're sick of your shit. You know, I was so impressed
2: with everybody that I saw on Instagram who would like, you know, record themselves calling different Democrats and asking them to remember to vote and things like that and seeing moms and daughters doing it and families doing it and getting together and sending letters and postcards reminding people to vote and seeing the level of activism that's changed within not only the last four years, but particularly this election year within the last eight months you know I feel like there's been this rise of activism and I think for some people like I think I kind of said the same thing in the mini episode where I feel like for some people they latch onto that and they find a calling in that and they're going to continue it where for some people it's like you know what the big fires out I need to step back and take a bit of a break and they'll come back when the big fires are
0: back you know what I mean taking a break is fine but you have to come back you you can't you know you 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 need rest everybody needs rest Um, And you need to take joy and rest where you can find it. However, you really, really can't allow yourself to become comfortable just because the immediate fire is out. That is my fear. I want to make sure that people remain um, alert and vigilant throughout this. Um, And to be quite honest, that is my fear with Biden is there's always this talk of compromise when it's a Democrat in office. There's always this talk of civility and unity and those things are super important. And I'm happy to hear him talking about those things because we haven't heard those kinds of conversations in so long. And we do need to come together as a country. However, we cannot compromise on human rights. Uh We just can't do it. You know, if you want to make concessions in other places, um, then I'll I'll hear you out but as far as like human rights goes there are no concessions to be made you right. you have to do some of these things that we put you there to do right um so I'm and i i do i do have faith that you know they've they've
2: definitely felt the pressure throughout this time and i i do feel that because they have Met so many people, you know. They they both seem to be very, they both seem to be very personable human beings to me. Where you know, I think the
0: empathy is real. The empathy
2: is very real, and I think when they meet with these people and hear their stories, and it's once they're exposed to those things, I I I I see that it touches their hearts in some way. So yes, that to me at least is like it makes me feel. And this is what I said about Hillary a lot too, where it's like, well, at least I feel like she'll listen. You know, like, I don't like her, but I feel like at least she's going to go with, like, the popular opinion. She's going to go with what the people are really well, pushing for and H- do their Hillary's, best to do it.
0: Hillary is a politician. And so she will go, go with whatever me. decision. Um, I mean, and this sounds callous, but I believe that Hillary will go with whatever decision benefits her, really. <laughs> kind yeah. Of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if that benefits the rest of us. You know, great. But I do feel like I do feel genuine empathy from from Biden and from Kamala. And I do think that, you know, we covered both of them and their histories in an episode. And I do think that Kamala yeah, we, a, we didn't go easy on them either. <laughs> no, we didn't. And but the conclusion that I came to and I think I said it in that episode is like, I think that Kamala has been waiting for an opportunity like this. I think she felt compelled to do things in the past. That um, now she's going to have a lot more control over, yeah. and I I do have faith that she will want to do something about all of this stuff. And I do you know, as well. at the end of the day, the vice president actually doesn't have that much power. It's not but what yeah. she does have is the ear of Joe Biden, and she is let's be honest, the brains of this operation. Yes. <laughs> so yes, um, yes, yes. Well, and, oh,
2: and I I feel I really love the way that they have seemed very united as well. I, I get good vibes from Joe as far as like keeping Kamala in tune with what's going on. You know, Absolutely. I hope that they continue to work together because they really
0: are quite powerful together. I Absolutely. And it's very clear that he knows how important she is because it's not typical to have the vice president give a speech the way that Kamala gave a speech um, on inauguration night. It's not yeah. typical to have her as involved as she has been But I think that he recognizes how important she is, how smart she is, how uh, like she is going to be so vital to his presidency. Uh And I think that he recognizes that. And I think that she really recognizes how important she is as not only a woman, but a black and South Asian woman. Oh, I think yeah. she does take that charge seriously. She does. And I don't think she wants to tarnish her legacy by n- not doing anything about oh, these issues. You know, They've
2: both got a lot of weight on their shoulders because of the way that we've been talking them up. For mm-hmm. so long, trying to get everybody to vote for them, there is a lot of weight on their shoulders in so many ways to clean up this country, and it's not going to happen fast. It's not going to happen easily. We got to give them time and be patient with them. If we learned anything from this election day that lasted five days long, is that we need to be patient in everything. Um, so, you know, knowing that one f- one term, one presidency may not fix. Everything that Trump has fucked up anyways. It it will not. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to remember as well. Um, But I do believe that we at least have two honest, decent people in the White House who are going to be there for us. We have two people who
0: give a shit, which I think is kind (laughs) of like the most important thing. They give a shit. Like He's already said, we're going to rejoin the World Health Organization. We're going to rejoin, you know, the Paris climate. You know, we're going to we're going to do all of these things which are massively important.
2: No but that we should have never lost to begin with. Exactly. These things that are just important to us as Americans that we those are the first and foremost the things that we need to get back to. Um, I really want to talk to you about Trump of the Four Seasons a little bit because that's kind of what everybody is talking about this morning we're recording on well I guess it's not morning anymore it's afternoon Sunday afternoon but I you know I heard about this a bit yesterday I was kind of in and out of the news and things like that uh, toward the end of the day so I, I really looked into it more this morning. And I got to say, it's it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life next to Trump, driving back in his motorcade from the golf course yesterday, seeing everybody with the sign saying you're fired and things like that. But this took the cake for me. Um, yesterday at 11 a.m., he called for a lawyer's press conference at Four Seasons Philadelphia at 11 a.m. And so apparently all of these journalists and reporters showed up at the Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia and was like, what the fuck? And they were like, oh, no, sorry. It's uh Four Seasons. Oh, what was
0: it? It's like industrial something. What yes. was it? Yeah, they totally fucked up, basically. The Trump campaign they were supposed to call the four seasons hotel yeah to to do this press conference or whatever it was <laughs> and whoever was in charge of it did not call the four seasons hotel they called like yeah this industrial the four seasons landscaping in philadelphia yes, total landscaping yes. it was so ridiculous i mean and, like, I that's can't the thing it's like it, it feels like a curb your enthusiasm episode like it it's so does. fucking well
2: somebody ridiculous tweeted... And embarrassing Somebody tweeted, Veep couldn't have thought of this. Exactly. And that's so true. Like, this was the the images of Rudy Giuliani and the videos of him walking up to this, like, it looks like they're in, like, my storage unit. Like, when you drive in and you have to go through all the different lockers and stuff, Mm -hmm. he looks like he's standing, like, in my storage unit area.
0: It's it's, it's so embarrassing. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) I'm just like, God, like fuck, you guys, like, does it ever just feel like, that's what I think when I think about Trump supporters, I'm like, just the sheer embarrassment would make me leave that party, because I'm just like, God, like, is this who you really want to be associated with? Like, oh yeah. my god.
2: Yeah, seeing that, and seeing, and Rudy Giuliani, I mean, like, A mess, is that, that man. really... Uh, the whole image was just too perfect because everything was just the dumpster fire that he is. But it's like, do you really want this dude representing who you are either? Like, it's. Yes. I've, I'm hoping that as, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the brainwashing starts to be reversed a bit and people start to see these normal. Uh, Well behaved adults in office and start to see the chaos that is the Trump administration. I did find it very funny. I don't know what happened with this because I haven't heard anything about it on the news, but I saw that Jared Kushner did (laughs) approach Trump about conceding and boy
0: do I wish I could be a fly on the wall uh-huh. for that conversation. Well, it, it wasn't just him, Melania reportedly also like a bunch of people were like, You need to concede. Like oh, you have see, to stop. I
2: pictured like Jared coming in and being like, uh, 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 sir, um, I'm thinking maybe you should like think about conceit like i didn't think of it as being like dude you gotta do this i should but no, them just being people. like spineless
0: worms i mean i'm sure that they were because i'm sure that they're afraid of him being unhinged because he fucking is unhinged mm-hmm. but um th- i know that they are reporting that more than just jared kushner also melania also i'm sure ivanka because she's for better or worse kind of the smartest one there um i'm sure they were all like look <laughs> you have to do this thing. And of course yeah. it didn't go over well, I'm sure. Um, no. I'm sure it's been a fucking nightmare to live with that man for the oh last my 24 God. hours. You his know? poor, his poor family.
2: They also, they need so much therapy. Of like course. can someone get them just like a really they all like need
0: therapy, non-biased therapist to just They're help, help them up. out. up, like for real. Oh my God. I, Mil- Look, can we start placing bets on how quickly Melania is going to be out that marriage like oh yeah juices oh you know i've been seeing
2: the memes everywhere it's like how to divorce orange man (laughs) man. it's true she's gonna be out of that marriage so i think so too this Um, i think
0: that she's like hated him more and more and more as the presidency's gone on she she hated him from day one let's be real like you know i don't think she got into that marriage because she loved him like maybe i'm wrong could be wrong but i don't think so and it's been very apparent like to me Um, Yeah. So, but okay. I wanted to touch on this just right before we end the episode. So I do want to let people know that there are going to be runoff elections in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So at this moment, the Democratic Party does not have control of the Senate. Uh, We need at least two more Senate seats. If we do not have control of the Senate, then Joe Biden will be forced to work with like Mitch McConnell in order to get anything done as a president, uh, which will be extremely difficult to do so there are some runoff elections going on in georgia uh, a runoff election in case you don't know is a second election or basically like a rematch election that occurs when neither of the candidates meet the victory threshold. uh-huh wow fleshhold that's what flesh- it's a fleshhold you. <laughs> Um, Oh, God. In Georgia, um, candidates must receive the majority of the vote in order to win an election. And Mm -hmm. if none of the candidates break that 50% of the vote, then the top two with the most votes will face off again in a runoff election to determine the winner. So the, the Georgia Senate Democratic candidates, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, are both headed to runoff elections. So basically you have an opportunity the races will go on and be held um on january 5th 2021 so if you are going to turn 18 let me actually find the day so if you turn 18 by january 5th 2021 in georgia you are eligible to vote in this runoff election and it will determine whether or not Um, Mitch McConnell will take control of the Senate. So you have until December 7th to register. Even if you are 17 on December 7th, as long as you are turning 18 by January 5th, you can register. So please, 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 if you are in Georgia and you are listening to this and you are 17, <laughs> yeah.
2: register and get three of your friends to register. I was going to say, put it on all your social media because for some reason, teenagers each have like 50,000 followers. I don't know what it is about like every teenager. but They like, grew my up little- with social
0: media. They had a oh head start. My- God, like, my little, my
2: second cousin's, like, here, one of them is showing up right now. Like, she has, like, over 1,400 followers, and she's, like, a senior in high school somewhere. But 14,000 or 1,400? 1,400. So it's not, like, it's not, like, you know, she's an influencer or anything. But, like, I don't have that many on my personal page. I think I have,
0: like, 800 or something. Well, they they got a start. They got a head start because they were doing this shit before us. They were born into it. I mean, we had MySpace.
2: So really, we should have been
0: pre-trained. It really didn't transfer over. (laughs) As to The likes and the things like that, I guess, are different. Did not transfer. Um, But yes, I just I wanted to point that out kind of last because it's vitally important. Um, Yes. It would be it's amazing if we have a Democratic controlled House and, of course, Democrats um, in the White House. But if we don't have the Senate, it will make everything difficult so So. much more
2: difficult yeah that's that's a really really big important thing to remember is that that's the thing that's going to be holding us back from having uh the things that we want accomplished accomplished easily you know those are going to be the the hurdles that we're going to have to climb every time we want anything done yeah exactly you gotta flip it gotta flip it everybody oh well, I'm so glad that we just got to hang out and chat and connect after this weekend and get all of that out. I, how do you feel after that many days of news coverage and anxiety Ooh. and excitement?
0: I mean, I I touched on it kind of a little bit already. I I, I feel like I'm coming down a little bit. Like I'm in that I'm in a come down right now, uh, mm-hmm. which is it's just weird. Like I feel great. Of course I feel yeah. amazing. I don't feel as amazing as yesterday, but I feel like m- something happened kind of like uh, physiologically <laughs> with yeah. my body chemistry where I was in such a high state of anxiety for almost a week. And then all of a sudden it was like oh, a high spike of adrenaline. And yes. then now I'm like kind of settling back down to normal, but still feeling very good and very hopeful.
2: Right. Well, I have a few people that I want to thank for getting me through this journey. Very, very important people that I need to thank. First and foremost, I want to thank John King for always reminding me how fun the election is, for Mm. always having enthusiasm with every tip, tip, tap that he tipped, tapped his fingers on his little map, the smile on his face, the reassuring... Uh, updates that he would give us as often as he could. Also from CNN. Who was the other person? Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Is his last name Tapper? Oh, Jake Tapper. Mm. Jake Tapper, thank you for being eye candy for me to look at and for getting that really like brow passionate like intense eye thing going that really like
0: got me going throughout I recorded the long, with long um, hours I recorded with my worst date yesterday and we always do a fuck Mary kill segment yeah. on that show and we did um news anchors and mm-hmm. we, we called the map daddies map and, uh, I've seen
2: that <laughs> I, I saw map. that yesterday <laughs> oh my gosh I love it and then I also want to thank I don't remember his real name but I call him Roland because he looks like Roland from Shit's Creek on MSNBC but he was there for me a lot he's adorable I went hey Roland every time he came on the TV which made me happy and last but not least I want to thank James Cornacki for being adorable mm. and he's just like hey, I just want to fit him in my little pocket but I also wanted to uh, shout out for all of the newscasters that I was watching I watched CNN and MSNBC BC for the moving commentary that they had, particularly after, you know, the president elect was announced. Mm -hmm. Van Jones. Got to give a huge, huge shout out to Van Jones and And Anderson Cooper, too. Anderson Cooper and the uh, I kept calling him John Lennon, Don Lennon. No, Don Lemon. Yes. Lemon. yes. He, he also on MSNBC last night gave such a moving speech that had me in tears once again that was just so, so beautiful and spoke on what it meant to be, you know, a black gay man and um, having this new president and things like that. So I really felt like I had a relationship building with these people. Um, so I wanted to put that thank you out into the universe for helping me survive yes, this time where
0: I didn't watch anything but the news for five days straight. Just so. props to them for not having slept in like four six days like none no. of these people slept more than like an hour a night so i'm like yeah. i god damn <laughs> It's amazing. Nuts. I
2: think I think it was James Cornacki that I saw a thing on Buzzfeed where it, there was somebody that had tweeted that had worked with him before,
0: and they were like, "I can say the man does not eat and sleep; he is a mm-hmm. robot." And well, it's and true. John John King also somebody asked him I think on Thursday, and he said that he'd gotten something like six and a half hours of sleep between Tuesday and Thursday. Oh my god, <laughs> so, honey! You know, like, but he looked. Fabulous! They like, all amazing. I I know they, amazing, have, I have, I know to they say. have makeup
2: and everything, but like my God, even with I it, like they all looked great. They really they did. Looked amazing, everybody. Even like the White House correspondents that were coming on, like everybody brought out their best attire. And that's the last thing I've got to say. Kamala's two blouses, and I can't mm. remember. I think it was the the day before and yesterday where she had the red blouse with the red bu- with the bow at the at the neck, the, the and then yesterday, Ugh,
0: the white kiss. suit, beautiful. With
2: The blouse, I'm like, if this is going to be a window into the fashion that we are going to be seeing from her in the future... I am here. I know. I was like Um, Googling where to find a white suit. I'm like, oh, God damn. uh, She looks good. I need a white pantsuit now. And I I forgot to say this earlier when we were talking about her when she found out that she was going to be the vice president. Also, her husband will be the, I guess, first, second gentleman. Second gentleman, yes. Yeah. And also he is Jewish, which is really amazing. They check a lot of boxes. They checked so, just Kamala and her husband alone checked all the goddamn boxes pretty much in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. The positive news of the election has helped me through what otherwise probably would have been a very sad weekend. So I am glad that we got to
0: connect and chat. Me too, me too. Hope you guys enjoyed this um, episode. I know it was a little different from our usual format. We didn't have a lot of notes or, you know, a very specific Topic other than just to have a conversation and kind of decompress about the events of the last week. Um, it's just where we were at mentally. And yeah. so I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have anything that you'd like to add to the conversation, you know, totally. please do let us know how you're feeling. Oh my uh, gosh, you know, yeah. I want to hear that. If you have like a fun election story, oh, I would love to read totally. it. Totally.
2: I mean, I want to see like, you know, pictures and videos if y'all have like crazy stuff. If you were out in your cities when like shit was going down like i want to see that stuff because i was just home on my couch so i love getting things from our listeners on instagram so feel free to throw it out there feel free to email us you can email us at neighborhood at gmail.com catch us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist we have a twitter that we sometimes use at podcast y a n f podcast we have a facebook business and group page you can go ahead and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page you can also review us on apple podcast that is the number one way for you to support us and it makes us so happy we got two of the sweetest we did ones and keegan sent them to me yesterday when she knew i was feeling really sad and then i cried again because it was so lovely <laughs> they it were was so very very sweet so beautiful so we'll share one of those on tuesday and then the other on the following tuesday and last but not least if you don't listen to us on radio public go ahead and do that it is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit all right that's all we got for you today with all that being said we encourage you to to read on bye